Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Amen. I've already been praying about this, but uh, I want to start the service uh, just lifting up that situation in the Ukraine. Uh, We, even though we're not sensing anything right now, but uh, our world's being affected. And uh, John Wesley said, I didn't know John Wesley personally, but He did say that uh, it seems like God will do nothing unless the church prays. And so I would like to take a moment just to uh, lift, lift up that situation. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, even as the word was said this morning, Lord, without you, we can do nothing. So we come before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We pray for the grace of God, Lord, in this situation in the Ukraine. We pray that the evil empire would be destroyed and come down in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord God, for the angelic host of heaven, Lord God, to manifest, Lord God, to drive back the spirits of darkness in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that not only physical lives would be saved, but that souls would be saved and brought to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you said where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So, Lord, we ask, Father God, for the grace of God to be poured out, Lord God, to bring forth your strength, your power, your glory, and that your name would be exalted and magnified. And, Lord God, even though there are those that deny you, Father God, they cannot deny, Lord God, the grace and the power of God as it's released from heaven In Jesus' name, Lord God, I pray for a spirit of intercession to come upon us all, Lord God, that we might not forget, Lord God, the brothers and sisters, Lord God, that are being affected, Lord God, and the innocent lives are being lost. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was just going to say, when I have to, I can be serious. And I'm going to try to be serious today so I can get through this. First chapter. Um, The first song, I don't, because it was the first song, I don't remember the words now. But uh, it was something about lifting up your voice and making some noise. Mm -hmm. Do you know that Christianity is not a silent... Hey, religion can be used in a good way, okay? Christianity is not a silent religion. The scripture says that Jesus Christ is the apostle and high priest of our confession. It is when we become silent that we become weak. 
not just in a general sense in the nation, but it actually in a physical and spiritual sense, when we shut our mouths, then we become weak. And that's the, that's the thing the enemy wants to do. He wants to silence your voice. But the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord not, you know, uh, sometimes I have to work through some things theologically. You know, we were singing these, uh, we were singing these songs, uh, you know, or like even one today, I, forget, I, I don't remember, uh, oh, you know, you kind of used your voice and you know, the reason, uh, have you ever heard the, you know, the, the one song, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la? Do you know why? Years ago, they had minstrels go around from town to town, and they would sing, and to get the people involved, because they didn't know the words, they would give them a little chorus to sing, you know, so everybody would join in, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la, you know. And so uh, even some of the songs that we sing, you know, there's like a, you know, you're humming. You're not humming, but you're kind of groaning. And, you know, I would think, oh, man, what about that? You know, because I have to think about things. And uh, but then I remembered the scripture that's and you might not think this is theologically correct, but it works for me. Um, do you know, the Bible says, likewise, the spirit helps our infirmities for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession uh, for us with groanings. How many of you have ever gone to prayer and you just didn't have words for prayer and you just kind of groaned? Sometimes, sometimes you're not even in prayer, you're just groaning. You know, things are going, you know, you're, you feel like you're living in the world of hell. And so all you can do is groan. Do you know that the Spirit will groan through you to give you utterance to what's going on on the inside of you because God wants you to lift up your voice. But, um, let's not get political, but the enemy wants to silence your voice. Be quiet. They're even trying to shut down the First Amendment. Do not be silent. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in a number of places to shout. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So now that I got that off my chest, my chest is sunk, but a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it's off. So I want to uh, begin with, um, with James. And we're going to start with verse 16. We're in chapter 1. And so it says this. It says, and I've talked about this before, but I, uh, it's a good place to start. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Turn to somebody and say, you're loved. You know, as you go through the, as you go through the book of James, James gets a little... Um, some people would say, well, he's not moving in grace. He's not, you know, he's a little rough. But, you know, sometimes uh, you need to, uh, there used to be a song, Shake Me to Wake Me. You know, some people are just in a slumber, and they need to be shooken up. It's 
So shake me to wake me. But James, he is a pastor of love. And even though he does say some things that I wouldn't necessarily say, but I'm going to say them because he said them, not today. But he says some things that people say, man, where's the love? Where's the love? But he's telling you right here, my beloved brethren, you are beloved of God. I want to tell you this, you are accepted in the beloved. You might have failed yesterday. You might, have, you might have done some things. You might have thought some things. You might have remembered. I, I was just praying over there the other day on my knees. And pictures of faces from junior high came into my mind. That's why I need to go on Monday night. But... Uh, I don't have time to, but man, it just, that anger just rose up in me. And I was like in prayer. I'm like, what punch? <laughs> you know, the, this, this thing just welled up on the inside of me. And you know what? The, the enemy tried to throw this in my face and say, what kind of Christian are you? What kind of pastor are you? Well, I'm a pastor that needs the grace of God. And I gave that to the Lord. If I tell you the story, you'd do the same thing too. You'd want to punch him out too. But anyway, <laughs> I gave it to God and God said, good. And I, I hadn't thought about this for years. I haven't, been in, I haven't been in junior high since the 60s. <laughs> That's carrying something a long time, man. But you know, I got up from there. I was still accepted in the beloved. That's what the Bible says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I got up from there. I confessed it, uh, you know, I forgave them. See, that's the thing I had to do. I forgave them and I got up from there cleansed from all unrighteousness. Now you, if you want to carry your baggage around, go ahead. But I found out if you confess it and you give it to him, you turn around and you receive the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ and you walk in righteousness and holiness because God says that we are righteous and holy and blameless. Man, if I would, if I would look at my life, I'd say, man, I don't think I'm blameless. But it's not what I think, it's what he says. Because the enemy keeps bringing up the past. Well, when he brings up my past, I bring him up his future. <laughs> What's his future? And the devil which deceived them was cast in the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. And he shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. 
So if he's tormenting you, you might as well throw some back. Hallelujah. So, beloved brethren, we ain't even going to get to the, to the thing today. <laughs> anyway. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. We become deceived when we, when we think that the bad things coming in our lives are directed from God. And I don't have time to get into a theological thing right now. But in verse 18, he says, of his own will. What's that mean? Of his own will. That means this is God's idea. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. You didn't pick him. Oh, I'm looking for Jesus. Man, he's looking for you. He's still looking for you. You say, well, I'm saved. He's still looking for you. He's still seeking you. He's still coming after you. He is still longing for you. He is still wanting that relationship with you. I love the story of Enoch. Enoch walked with God. He just didn't show up to church once a week. He didn't show up to church on Christmas and Easter. He walked with God on a daily basis. That's the way I'm walking. I want to walk that way, and you too. You want to walk that way. Because in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Do you have any idea what fullness of joy is? Some of us think we do. It's definitely not when you're sitting in church, because, man, the way you're looking at me, I'm thinking, (laughs) come on. I've been to some professional football games. I won't mention any names. And when the team that I favored scored, man, I tell you what, over 70,000 people erupt in a joy. But that's not fullness of joy. That's not fullness of joy. There is a joy that goes beyond, there is a joy that goes beyond the, the, the joy that the world can bring. Jesus said, I give you some that the world can't take away. Yeah, there you go. Come on. He said, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. He picked you. He chose you to be a kind of first fruits of his creation. In other words, he is wanting us to, to emulate Jesus Christ. He is actually, God's got a goal. He has got a purpose and he's got a plan. And that plan is to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. And if you are resisting him, you're going to find your life getting a little twisted. Because if you are resisting being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, he's going to shake you to wake you. Now, I'm not, you know, and and listen to this. 
We've got, to, we've got to combine Scripture together. The Scripture says that it is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. Yes. Yes, there you go. Thank you, Lord. You know, for an introvert, I sure have a lot to say. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So what's the word of truth? Jesus himself is the truth. God's word makes you alive. Are you on a steady diet of the word or are you fasting the word? Just a thought. For the, for the believer in God, God is not just the creator. He is the creator of the new creation. God didn't finish creating in Genesis 1. Because when it came to us, he brought forth a new creation in Christ. You are a new creature. There's only two kinds of people on this earth. There's old creatures and new creatures. New creations in Christ Jesus. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's move on. So then, my beloved, there he says it again. Turn to somebody and say, you loved. You loved. You loved. You loved. And you can say, I'm loved. I'm loved. So then, my beloved, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. How many have ever figured that out yet? You know, wrath comes so quickly. It's like like when I was in prayer. I just had wrath, just whoosh. But the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. So what does he say? What 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 do I need to do? He says, therefore, lay aside, lay aside your wrath. Lay aside the things that stir it up. If I lay something down, I need to pick something back up. I need to pick something back up. Well, we'll get to that. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word. What is receive? Well, let me just receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The Bible says that Moses was one of the, he was the meekest man. But let me ask you a question. Was he the weakest man? As somebody put it, that's a pretty strange weakness for somebody that holds up a rod and parts the Red Sea. Oh, that's just the Reed Sea. You don't, you don't understand. That was only ankle deep. Well, how in the world did they drown an Egyptian army in ankle deep water? Uh, that's, they called it the Reed. No, it's the Red Sea. holds up a rod and brings an an empire to its knees. 
He was the meek. But what made him meek? He heard the word of God and responded to it. You become meek when you lay down your pride, lay down your excuses. You might think you're not prideful, but if you have an excuse for everything that God wants you to do, you have pride that you need to lay aside, need to lay it aside. This is an abbreviated version because I'm looking and I only have five minutes. That's if I go by the clock. But he goes on to say, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, it's, the devil loves it when you deceive yourself. Makes his job a lot easier. When we deceive ourselves, when we reject what God is saying to us, and we just go by what the world tells us or what we think or what grandma told us or what daddy told us. I believe my dad's in heaven, but man, I'll tell you what. He didn't get there until right at the end. My grandfather, three days before he died at 93, gave his heart back to Jesus. Back to, well, he never lost it. No, he didn't lose it. He gave it up. I'd try to talk to him about Jesus, and man, just change the subject. But don't give up. Let your little light, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. That's why we can't, that's why we cannot be silent. Silence is not only hurting you, it's hurting other people. Let's keep going. Oh, Lord. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. What is he looking at? He is looking at the Word of God, and the Word of God becomes a mirror. I need a strong man, John. (laughs) I'm getting tired of these young guys getting up here. We got to show. We got to show them what. uh, I want you to stand right, right there, and I'm going to make it easy on you. Make it easy on yourself. And I just want, instead of having you hold it, I just, just kind of want you to hold it like, kind of tilt it back. Oh, man, don't do that. It's, <laughs> it's exposing. That's why people don't read the word. It's very exposing. He says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a natural man observing his face in a mirror. For he observes himself and and goes away and immediately forget the man that he was. What is he looking at when he looks into the word? Tilt it back a little more. Yeah, there you go. I see my face. I still see the other part too, but 
Somebody says, I lost weight. My dad said, turn around, you'll find it. (laughs) Did I say that? (laughs) Anyway. So I look in the word. I'm reading the word and I see that I am a child of God. It says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon me that we should be called the sons of God. So I look in the mirror and I see that I am a son of God. But I go away and I immediately forget when all the pressures of life come on me. Doesn't the word say, I wasn't going to talk about this, but um, the thought of the sower sows the word and immediately Satan comes to steal the word. So I go away and all my old buddies come up and say, hey, man, you know, uh, that's why I don't like to talk to old buddies because they talk about old things we did. And that man's dead. And, I, you know, I get him, oh, it's fun, you know, ha ha, oh, that was, you know, but then I forget what kind of man I am. So I got to come back to the word. And I remember as I look in the word that I am a child of God. Hallelujah. You know what? I also read in the word of God that I am loved by Christ and freed from all my sin. Brother, we are freed from all. A-L-L. In the Greek, that means all. (laughs) I am loved by Christ. I get away and the enemy try, starts telling me because I slip up, mess up, that I am not loved by God, that I am a loser. And the reality is I am in Christ. I am not in myself. I remember I used to be so uptight about this, man. I would go from being, being uh, you know, joyous in Christ to turn around and I would just be thinking about the judgment of God. Oh, yes. But this is what the Bible says. Oh, I've got to get back to, my, to the word. It says, most assuredly, I say unto you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. Anybody here has ever heard the word of Jesus? You heard it. Not just once, you you heard it, okay? And you keep hearing it. And you believe what he says. He says here, and you believe on, uh, on him who sent me, he has everlasting life. But then he goes on to say, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. In other words, when I believe the word and I look in the word and I remember that and I see that I have everlasting life. I could not convince my mother's father that you could know that you had eternal life. I could not convince him. He says, well, you know when you get there. And I said, well, you might not find out. No, I said, the Bible says you know before you get there. 1 John 5. 
So I'm looking in the mirror. I see not only that I have eternal life, but I am not coming in to judgment. Amen. I'm not coming into judgment. Judgment has been placed on Jesus. Now, if, I, if, I, if I'm a believer and I consistently do things I shouldn't do, I remember one time God said, if you do that again, you're going to see the curse. I'm going to say this so that you don't misunderstand me. Hard is the way of the transgressor. Doesn't mean God did it. There are different paths. I, when I moved into the house I live now, there was, uh, there was a lot of lawn, but there was a, I call it the lower 40. It's just an acre, but it was the lower part, and it was just filled with brush, and to me, that just, it was in the way, so I cleared that brush out. Uh, man, this looks like a park now. I can just All I need is a bench. I'll put it right by the creek. No fish in it, but I could put it by the creek. <laughs> but you know what? It depends on where you go. I've got a, uh, I had a picture of a friend of mine. He was uh, in Germany. He was in the army. And the sign said, don't go beyond this point because you'll be in enemy territory. You stay on this side, you're okay. You go on that side, it ain't so good. So what camp are you in? Thank you, John. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right, well, I can look at myself. Thank you, Lord. But you know what? Some people don't like to look in the Word. They don't like to look in the Word. <laughs> they don't like to be seen. Don't like to be seen. They don't like to be seen. Get that mirror away from me. <laughs> well, that's because we look at it the wrong way. We look at the Scripture the wrong way. I want to turn to... Uh, uh, where do I want to turn to? Romans. I want to turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I've used this illustration before, but it was years ago. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So uh, some people look at that and say, Hallelujah. No condemnation. But then, the, but then they'll keep reading, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And then they start thinking, well, I'm in the flesh. So they feel condemnation. But the Scripture says, if you're in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. You know, God will work on you. God will take the soap. I, I never had it happen to me, but we had... Uh, when I was in boot camp, we had a guy that didn't like taking showers. 
Well, that not only created a smell, but it also created the boot camp instructor, drill instructor, didn't like that. It reflected on all of us. I wasn't a part of the party, but they had a party for that guy. They put soap in um, pillowcases. While he was sleeping, just start beating the tar out of him. But you know what? After that, he started taking showers. I guess that might be called being turned over to the tormentors. But let's not stop there. He says, he goes on to say in verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin and death. Some people get stuck on the first verse where they feel like they're in the flesh, but keep on going. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I need to go back to the mirror and remind myself the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. I am no longer under the law of sin and death. You are no longer under the law of sin and death. Oh, but we got to get we got to get to the next verse. He says, "For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh." The Old Testament law was weak. Why was it weak? Because we're in the flesh. But listen to this. Let me read it again. He says, "For what the law could not do, in that it was weak in the flesh, God did." Woo! Somebody say, "Woo!" What you couldn't do, God did for you. That's what you got to realize when you're in Christ, God's already done it for you. Now, we might need to get adjusted every once in a while. (laughs) Did you ever get adjusted? Did your parent ever adjust you? (laughs) Now, they still loved you, right? But you got adjusted. Call it an attitude adjustment. You went from a bad attitude to an attitude of gratitude. I was, uh, (laughs) I remember running around in a circle, my dad holding my hand. He had a switch in the other. And I'm saying, and I'm saying, I won't do it no more. I won't do it no more. And uh, I used to tease my brother when he would get a whooping. I'd say, I won't do it no more. <laughs> you know, we get an attitude adjustment, but we're still part of the family. You're not kicked out of the family. He said, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He, through Jesus, condemned sin in the flesh. He did not sin, therefore he took our sin upon us, the price was paid, and now we are free. I just want to uh, go to John chapter 3. This was on my mind, I believe it was by the Spirit. So we're not going to finish, but I'm finished with 
the first chapter of James. Some people say, well, does God throw people in hell? I say, I'm going to show you what I believe is there is a gravitational pull one way or the other. So we're looking at verse verse 16. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Is God really angry at the world? He's trying to save the world. And he doesn't send the son to condemn the world. He sends the son to save the world. Well, let's just read a little farther. He who believes in him, he who believes in Jesus is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Now, let's not stop there. He says, and this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds might be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So, this is my thinking. You don't have to agree with it. But there is a a hating of the light. So I don't, if if I don't believe in Christ, I move away from the light. So after I die, why would I, why would I want to go to heaven? Because I hate it. Say, so, oh, I don't hate heaven. I just don't like that religious stuff. Jesus is not religion. Jesus is the son of God and he's looking for relationship with people. So I hate the light. I turn away from the light. So when I pass, I've hated the light. Therefore, I gravitate to darkness. But if I love the light, I not only gravitate towards it, but God sends his angels to carry me. Carry me, carry me, carry me. It's all scriptural. Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man was buried, woke up in hell. Lazarus, the Bible said, he died and the angels came and carried him into Abraham's bosom. Wow. You get an escort. Isn't that good? You get an escort. Thank you. You got a couple of minutes. Okay. If you have to leave... Then you got to go, you got to go. I want to finish. He says, so he, we're back in, in James 1. He says, for he observes himself and goes away and forgets and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. 
But he who looks into the perfect law and continues in it, that word continue. If if you're into Bible study, get a concordance and look up that word continue. And you'll be amazed at what it says in the New Testament. And continues in it and is not a forgetful hair, but a doer of the work. This one is blessed in what he does. If anyone... If anyone among you thinks he is religious, there's three, mention, there's three times in the next two verses where religious re, and religion is mentioned. The first two times are just an outward show. And I don't have time, but Jesus talked about people that just had an outward show of religion. He says, if anyone among you thinks that he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, so, have you ever ridden a horse? You put a bridle in their mouth to control them. But doesn't bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this person's outward display of religion is useless. How's your mouth? That's what 1 John uh, 1.9 is for. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, some of you are looking at me like, you, didn't want, you, would, you wish I'd have stopped earlier. <laughs> but I don't want to stop at the good part. The Pollyanna part. Did you ever see Pollyanna? It's a Disney movie. Her daddy only preached the positive scriptures. Just a thought. Last verse, he says, pure and undefiled religion. This is real, real life conversion. Real conversion to Christ. Real, he says, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows and, uh, that are in trouble and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. Yeah. You know what? When you have the love of Christ in you, you're not afraid to help people. And when you have the love of Christ in you, you love God enough that you, once you sense you're getting into evil, you want to turn around and go the other direction. In the military, we used to call it about face. Do we have any military in here? Former? Anybody know what about, okay, you know what about face is. You'd be, you'd be marching. About face! It wasn't very good. I've got, I've got, they're not slippery. They grab the carpet. Man, you got them slick shoes on, you know, you're just marching about face and it's just smooth. That's what, you, that's what we need to do as Christians. And I've got to keep that mirror before me because if I get away from it and I forget what kind of man I am in Christ. It's not, what you, it's not what your parents made you. It's what God the Father and, the, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit has done on the inside of you. You look at that and then gives you the strength to carry on. I'm not, 
got to remember this, what God did. Because we were weak in the flesh, God did sending his son. How many of you are glad God did? Yes. How many of you are going to receive what God did? Yes. All right, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. in the name of Jesus, I thank you that when I was lost, you wanted me to be found. You sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And he rose again from the dead. And when that happened, I became justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. And now I'm sanctified. I am set apart for your holy work. And I'm thanking you that you've given me your Holy Spirit to empower me to remember what the mirror says about me. So that I'm not a forgetful hearer but I am a doer of the Word of God in Jesus' name. Now turn to somebody because this is a scriptural command by Jesus. He says to bless one another. So turn to somebody and say, I bless you. And I believe God is going to fill you with his, joy, with his joy, with his peace, with his peace and, his love, and his love, and by his spirit, by his spirit lead, you lead you step by step in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up.